0: we would be able to have special music uh, on Sundays but I I, you know the Lord has not allowed for that to take place just haven't had the individuals there all the time and hasn't worked out to always work together with scheduling Um, but you know hymns can be such a such a preparation for the heart as to what the special music is intended to do unfortunately sometimes special music has a way of you know all of us are pulling out our phones and taking pictures and videos and things and uh, it can be more of an entertainment Uh, but what's truly powerful about congregational singing uh, is it's your voice and it's your heart uh, that either is or isn't singing out to the Lord and so um, how you can sing a song like Calvary covers it all and that doesn't stir you up amen Uh, You sing songs like leaning on the everlasting arms. I don't care what you've been through this week, but you can lean on the everlasting arms of Christ. Amen? We have nothing to dread, nothing to fear. Such peace that that comes from Christ, and uh, we praise the Lord for that. What a wonderful thing that is. Uh, We're going to begin this morning and kind of in continuation of last week in some sense, John chapter number 1. I want to bring your attention back to uh, where we were at together last week. Last week we talked uh, about the light of Christ. I'm not often one on Sunday morning to continue a message, but the Lord just kind of laid on my heart to uh, continue some of this thought in mind. And as my heart in my mind has been thinking upon the light of Christ and the light of Christ which I am to exemplify and the light of Christ which our church is to exemplify and we consider the light uh, the true light which is Jesus Christ as is described all through the book of John in uh, particularly the first chapter and we looked together at these verses uh, within this chapter last week but uh, for sake of review let me bring you to verse number four the Bible says in him that being Jesus was life, and the life was the light of men. The truth be told, it is Christ who is the life. Amen? And it is that life that when is received into our life that we have eternal life. (laughs) And it is that life when received into our life, the Bible tells us that we then become a light to men. We talked together in Sunday school in our men's class today about the difference that uh, one of the differences that God makes in an individual's life is the choice to separate from the world and unto God. And part of a light for Christ is separating from the world unto Christ. The question should be asked today are you a light of Christ? Are you a light of Christ? Though that is not the subject today, with this in mind, let's look at verse number five. The Word of God says, In the light shineth in darkness. And the darkness comprehended it not. We understand this morning that it is darkness that cannot stand against Christ and all God's people said, Amen. The Bible tells us that the battle, which is Satan uh, uh, against Christianity, Satan uh, against God himself, that battle is not one which is existent and we're waiting to see who wins. But yet the battle has already been won. And the victory has already been foretold. And we've already been given that assurance. Amen? We're thankful for that, aren't we? We're, praise the Lord, that's a wonderful thing, that, that get, should cause you to stand up, turn around and say glory, amen? I mean, praise the Lord for, for what he has done for us. Calvary has covered it all and he's made it possible by his gift of salvation. And when you receive salvation, the Bible tells us no darkness can overcome you. You know, when we consider that darkness the opposite of light... Though it cannot withstand uh, when light is there, yet some Christians uh, and some, um, some of us, maybe even today, allow darkness to come into our life. In truth, be told, Christ is always a light, and you may try to dumb the light of Christ out of your life, and it is impossible. But it is possible to allow darkness and or, should we say, sin of this world to become a part of your life. The Bible tells us in verse number 10, he was in the world, that is, Jesus, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. I've marked that, that phrase in my Bible, where the world knew him not. You know, it is one thing to know who God is, and it is and, but yet it is another thing to truly have fellowship with him. What I mean by that is, is is when you truly know somebody you don't just know who they are they're a part of your life they've changed your life if you read the book of first John second John third John John goes as far to say as how can one truly say they are even a Christian if darkness prevails in their life Could I remind you today that there that uh, we have the victory in Christ and that, that, although that does not make us sinless, but yet Satan is constantly battling against the Christian, and the, the Christian life, and Christianity in and of itself. And his ultimate desire is that the world would not know Christ. That's his desire. His desire is that he would come between your soul and the Savior. His desire is that we would not come to know Christ... Any further than beyond his name. You know, the truth be told, even Satan himself knows Christ. The Bible tells us he even acknowledges and gives the respect to God by the very way in which he says his name in, that, in the language in which the Word of God is written. It is Satan who uh, refers to God with a respect in that manner because he himself knows that he has not overcome. He has not overcome. Jesus Christ, he has not overcome God. But Satan does know that, as uh, the Bible describes his sifting as wheat, Satan does know that man has fallen into sin. That as a result of sin, his darkness will prevail in the life that is given to sin until or if that individual turns to the light of Christ. Satan also knows that even though someone has received the light of Christ, that the darkness, should we say the sin of their past, or the sins of their life, can so prevail to keep them from separating unto God. It can so keep them from being a light, so that others can know about Christ. The Bible tells us in the book of John, in verse number 7, that we are to bear witness of the light. But how can we bear witness of the light? if we allow darkness into our life where does that darkness come from well it comes from Satan it is Satan's working through the sins of this world I remind you today that Satan does not have the power to just do something to any man to any man or woman Satan cannot make you do something I say that again Satan cannot make you do something it is we who can be placed and placing ourselves in the point and place of temptation that can be the cause of us doing something. Satan can't, doesn't have the power. The Bible ta- speaks of Christ's all-knowing, of Christ's uh, all-power, uh, uh, of Christ's uh, omnipresence in all places at once, but Satan does not have that power. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Satan does not have that power over the Christian. but Christian, Satan can tempt. And Satan does know your life better than you know your own. And Satan does know exactly what to put in your life to keep you from being a light of Christ. Satan knows exactly what to tempt you with to cause you to be less of a light... And more, and, and, and more like a spark. Just a, 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 the, the truth be told, if we really get a hold of that which Christ is trying to help us to understand, you can be what seems like a small light and make a big difference in this world. But can I remind you today that it is when we give up on the fact that we can become a light of Christ that we open the door for Satan to tempt us further. I say that again. It is when we give up on the responsibility and the opportunity and the command of God to bear witness of the light of Christ himself that we then open the door of opportunity for Satan to tempt us further. It is God's intent for those who do not know him to be brought into the light. It is God's desire for those who know of the light, who know Christ, To become a light for Christ so that others can know Him. But if we allow Satan into our life, how can the work of God ever go forward? And I say that even among Christians, darkness, we have allowed darkness to prevail. Oh, the ultimate victory of of, uh, Satan against God, it's not to say that God is losing, but we're talking about the battle in our life should I put it this way, the battle within our mind. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians 11, and let's look together in verse number 3. How is it that Satan works? No, he cannot be in all places at once. No, he is not all powerful and therefore equal to power as God. Uh, No, uh, he does not know all things. But Satan knows just enough and he pursues and attacks one specific place of men and women on this earth, and that is the mind. The Christian life is a continual battle of the mind. It's a battle against Satan to keep Satan from causing things to be inserted into our mind. In some cases, those insertions within the mind are desires to do something sinful. In other cases, they are things which Satan has used to cause us to think something that we shouldn't about another individual. In other cases, Satan causes things to come into our mind that dumb our knowledge of Christ altogether and cause us not to receive anything further. But if there is one place that Satan knows that he can tempt the Christian the most, it is through the mind. In 2 Corinthians, in chapter 11, Paul is alluding to this very fact. Here he's been speaking to the Christians themselves and referring to the very importance of them turning their life over to Christ. And he begins the passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse number 1 by saying this, Would to God ye could bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me. For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy, For I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear lest, by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. I bring your attention to the phrase found in verse 3 where the Bible says, So your minds should be corrupted. So, your mind should be corrupted. I've entitled, I've entitled the message this morning, The Corruption of the Mind. The Corruption of the Mind. You know, it is Satan's intended desire to corrupt your mind from being a light of Christ. It is Satan's intended desire that he would corrupt your mind from the simplicity of Christ. What is this verse saying? It's not saying that Satan can cause you to lose your everlasting life. And all God's people said, Amen. Satan cannot take away your eternal salvation. But Satan can corrupt your mind. Satan can corrupt your mind. It may be even today that you can think of someone, maybe even be yourself, and and that you would think, Wow, has Satan got into my mind? Or has Satan got into their mind? You realize that you don't have to ask for Satan to come into your mind. He's always trying to get there. You don't have to ask for Satan to insert thoughts, to place temptations into your mind. He's always trying to get into it. He's always trying to keep you from giving yourself more to Christ. It is Satan who places the thoughts in your mind to be able to say, Wow, you work seven days in a week, or you work six days in a week to give time to God in church? Really? Really? It is Satan who places those things in your mind to say, you know what, Uh, you, you really don't need to get up and serve the Lord today. Why don't you just stay in and rest? It is Satan who places the thoughts in your mind to be able to say, you know what, you're such a busy individual. Do you really have time to serve God to that capacity? It is Satan who places the thoughts in your mind that come in the form of gossip, maybe even unintentionally heard, but something about someone that's changed your whole thinking of them. Christian, guard your mind. Because the Christian life is a continual battle against the mind. I have found myself in, in, in these recent weeks with a battle in my own mind. Even last night in my, my preparation of this message, my mind was on everything other than uh, that which I was intending and trying to prepare for to study. Satan knows exactly what to use to distract. I can't tell you how many times even in my own studying of the Word of God that here I am, I'm reading, and next thing I know... Uh, I, I've drawn a blank and I've just been reading the words with my eyes but not with my mind. My mind's thinking about something entirely different. How many of you can relate with me? You've been there. Yeah, it happens. I can't tell you how many times I've studied the Word of God and next thing you know uh, my phone rings and I, oh, I'm just going to take this message. Before you know it, I spent 20 minutes looking at my phone and I haven't even once looked back at, at scripture. How many times has that happened? A lot. <laughs> a lot satan cannot make you do something but satan can cause things to come by your eye gate satan can cause things to come into your nose gate satan can cause things to come into your ear gate for some of us the greatest temptations may be music for others of us the greatest temptations may be the smell of something maybe it's an addiction from the past For others of us, it may be a temptation which comes in through our ear gate and something which uh, we should not have heard, but we heard. The Bible tells us the corruption of our mind. Christian, if we're not careful, we don't guard our mind, Satan will come and distort all of our thinking. He'll cause us to think everything other than what God intended for us to think. We talked about in Sunday school, uh, being not given to wine. That's been our, our subject of becoming a man of God. You look in the passage of 2 Timothy, the Bible describes the, the uh, qualities which are to be of a man of God. Yes, they are qualifications for a pastor, but yet they are also to be qualities found in every man and woman. And one of those is not given to wine. You know, one of the greatest ways that, that Satan gets a hold of the mind of men and women is through alcohol. Now, you can disagree with me all you want to. But the truth of the matter is, is alcohol brings an individual's mind to a and place in which God never intended for it to be. Satan knows how to corrupt the mind. And Satan knows what to use to corrupt the mind. And so it is this morning that it is not my intent to discourage you. It is my intent this morning to warn you, as Paul was doing, that your minds would not be corrupted of the simplicity that is found in Christ. Your service to God and your allegiance to God is this simple. Love God and keep His commandments. But what Satan loves to do is answer himself in between that and cause all the service and things of God to seem so much larger than they really are. And cause all the people who are serving God to seem so much more problematic than they really are. Can I remind you today, Christian, the truth is all of us are sinners in need of Christ. Amen? We are not perfect people. God is not saying that we are people with absolutely no darkness. We are capable of sinning. And truth be told, we make mistakes all the time and we give ourselves into sin. But it's what we choose to do in obedience to God with the sin in our life, with our sin nature, how we choose to obey God that makes the difference. You see, for some Christians, they allow the sin into their life, but they don't try to get rid of it. They, 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 they've allowed Satan to come in and maybe they, they could can. even acknowledge and say Satan's there, but they're not getting rid of it. Let me ask you, Christian, what's keeping you from being a light for Christ? We could say it this way, and this is true also. You know, the, One of the greatest things that keeps an individual from giving their life to Christ is simply pride. Because we refuse to let go. But it's sad to say that some of the things that we hold on to the most are sinful in and of themselves, maybe not because of what they are, but because of what they are causing us to do. The greatest cause that keeps you from Christ is the cause that keeps you from serving and loving God. It could be alcohol, it could be friends, it could be um, Hollywood and the movies that you watch. But let me ask you, are you letting darkness prevail in your life? You remember David when he committed the sin against Bathsheba? Somebody could say, first of all, wow, David, what a sinful being. Well, truth be told, wow, look at Bathsheba. What in the world is she doing bathing up on top of a roof without any clothes on? I mean, come on. the end of the day, in the sin which he committed, it wasn't just David. It wasn't just Bathsheba. the end of the day, the one whom we know, according to Scripture, that even was able to acknowledge his sin and ask forgiveness, was David himself. Now, did Bathsheba? I don't know the truth be told, what matters at this point in life is not to look back at your past and say, wow, look at what all that I've done. It's to be able to acknowledge before God to be able to say, God, I know what I've done. Please forgive me. You see, where David is found, though, in in, in the book of 2 Samuel, as as having given himself to sin, yet you continue to read the passage. And he pleads God for forgiveness. Yes, there were consequences to those sins. But here's what David acknowledged. I let Satan into my mind. I got out of the battle when I should have been in battle, when it was a time when men were supposed to be in battle, and here I am, I stayed home. And then when Satan placed a temptation of Bathsheba upon that roof, and I I saw her, yet rather than resisting the temptation, I continued to look. And I let the darkness stay. And then in trying to cover up my sin even more, then it led me even further to kill Uriah, her husband, to cover up my sin. You see, you may think that your darkness is so small. Your sin, which you're allowing into your life, is something so small now. But there is not one sin that does not lead to another when it is allowed to exist in your life. When you keep one sin there, more will follow. A bitter individual will find themselves being a hating individual if they hold on to bitterness. And we could go on and on through, through all of these sins. A, a lustful individual will find themselves addicted to their own lusts uh, if they're not careful. And that is why God tells us to guard our mind. Read the book of Ephesians. You find the very armor of God which is given to us. And though I said this before, I say to you again, it is the helmet of salvation which is to encompass our mind. That our minds would be dwelling upon, yes, salvation, but more specifically, John chapter 1, the light of Christ. Because when you are determined to be a light, because God has made you a light, so now you're bearing witness of the light, and you've determined to do so, you're guarding your mind to be nothing more than a light of Christ. But it's when you take the helmet of salvation off, and you stop thinking of the things of Christ, and you stop thinking of your light of Christ that you are to be, of the salvation which God has given to you, you give free leeway to Satan. Yes, Satan goes after the heart. We know that. Yes, Satan goes after the feet to keep us from serving. Yes, Satan, Satan knows exactly how to keep us from having the sword of the, of the Lord, the word of God in our hands. But Satan knows if there's one area that it's going to begin, it's going to start with the mind. And as soon as they take off that, that helmet, I've got opportunity. You know why we find Jesus being tempted in the Bible? Simply to show us how to face temptation. It's not to say that that Jesus was sinning because understand this today, that temptation is not the sin. Temptation is not the sin. All men are tempted. All women are tempted. It's when we choose to give in to temptation that it then becomes sin. The corruption of the mind. This morning I want to talk to you about some different ways that Satan brings corruption to the mind number one Satan deceives the mind he deceives the mind notice how Paul describes the Christians he has prepared them all the way up to this point go back and read 2nd Corinthians he's been trying to help train them and teach them and show them that which is right and that's why he says this in verse 2 I am jealous over you with godly jealousy for I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin for Christ, uh, to Christ. He's creating an illustration here. I'm trying to teach you to be pure with your life. That's that word, chaste. To, to keep yourself clean. To keep darkness from your life. I'm espousing you. There is a marriage relationship which I am teaching you to have, Paul says. I'm teaching you to have a love relationship with God. There is a marriage that is taking place, a oneness. Christ is to be a part of your life. You are to be a light of Christ. But he says in verse 3, in warning, But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled, through his subtility, beguiled Eve, the Bible tells us, so your mind should be corrupted. God's desire is that we would be pure. That we would be clean. That we would see our relationship with God as is illustrated in Scripture, as a marriage relationship. Don't think of marriage as is found on this earth. Think of marriage as is found in Scripture. There is a oneness. This is this is a, a love relationship a, 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 for, for God, an agape love. God, I'm giving my life to you as you gave your life for me. God you are now a part of my life it's not me and you it's us together you're a a Christian here today it is not you who needs to ask for God's permission to do something there is truly already a oneness with God you're just going to follow his will and do as he leads you to do but can I remind you just as Satan cannot make you do anything though God can make you he does not Satan cannot make you do anything, though God can make you. He does not make us do anything. God gives us the choice. Today, as any other day, we have the choice in whether or not we will allow the things of God to be upon our mind or the darkness of this world. How does Satan corrupt the mind? The first is through deception. The words are used... In verse number 2, and uh, verse number 3 rather, beguiled in the subtlety. Look at verse 13. The Bible says, For such are false prophets, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel. Don't, don't, don't let this be the surprise to you. Don't be surprised. And no marvel. Satan himself is transformed Into what? An angel of light. Here the Bible tells us that God is light. John chapter 1. But Satan's deception is I'm an angel of light. I'm also a light. Here the word of God describes Jesus as being the lion. But yet Satan portrays himself to be that that of a lion also who seeks to devour Here it is that that God uh, gives us the command to go into all the world and to reach. And it is Satan all the time who's causing us to see, oh wow, look at what the world's doing. Let's become more like the world and do what everyone else is doing. The deception of Satan is just enough truth. It's just enough that's believable. But it's not the complete truth when the Bible describes Satan as being the, the father of lies what is a lie? It's, it's not just not telling the truth it's not telling the complete truth it is that which Satan is found to be the father of lies he tells some truth but not the complete truth and the deception of it all is that it contains some truth so it is believable and therefore so it is tempting you know what? that, that sounds appealing you know what? What that person said about so and so—that sounds like it could be true. You know what? That that that's that sounds the deception of Satan. Christian, guard your mind. The Bible tells us Satan deceives the mind, and his deceptive his his, his um, deceit is disguised. The word is used of of Satan as one who transforms. When you see the work of Satan. It's not going to look like the work of Satan. I say that again. When you see the work of Satan, it's not always going to look like the work of Satan, Christian? It's not. It'll look like uh, you know, the, the glamour and the glitz and all that's necessary and everything that's truthful and everything that I need and, and everything that's resourceful. But in the end, it is Satan who uses and I say this to emphasize. Who uses the things and even the people of this world to corrupt the mind. His deceptive disguise, the Bible tells us. His deceptive disguise. Number two, his deceptive wiles. Turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Let us understand Satan this morning and how that he works. Again, the point is not to discourage us, but help us to stand uh, for that which is right and stand in service to God even better. You remember before the armor of God is even given in the book of Ephesians, what is it that is told to us to stand? We are to stand in verse number 14, uh, having our loins girt. And the Bible tells us we are to uh, stand putting on the whole armor of God against the evil day. When Ephesians chapter 6, look at verse number 10, the Bible says, Finally, my brethren, or Christians, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles. The word wiles means tricks or schemes. It is Satan who is always trying to trick. There is always another agenda. His cunning devices, his arts, all that he's trying to do behind it. Satan does not work out in the open face to face. He works in darkness. It's deceptive it's just enough light to cause it to be believable it's deceptive wiles I wonder how many of us this morning have given in to the tricks the wiles of Satan could I remind you today that Satan cannot do anything without the permission of God God allows Satan to do all things now does that, is that to say that God is approving of them No. The love which God shows to Satan is the same which he's shown to us. It is Satan's choice to have turned against God and by pride choosing to to go the direction in which he's gone. uh, The Bible tells us of of God that the the, the will and the choice that he gave to the angels was the same that he gave to to, uh, um, Satan and the same that he gives to us. The choice to decide between right and wrong. The choice to choose. Satan, in choosing wrong, the Bible tells us, he, he, he is so deceptive, and I'm trying to keep my train of thought here, but his wiles, his schemes, causes that which he does to be, seem believable. What does the Bible tell us that we, we are against? Notice verse number 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. Could I remind you, verse 12, before we can get carried away in all the things that are listed in verse 12? The Bible says, For we wrestle. There's that battle which I'm talking about. It's not a battle which is not that God has not uh, already won the ultimate battle. This is a battle for the mind. This is a battle to overcome that we would not protect ourselves. And the Bible now describes how Satan works, okay? Satan is not omnipresent, he's not in all places, he's not omnipowerful, he's not all-powerful, he's not uh, 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 omniscient, where he's all-knowing, but he does work in this fashion. The Bible tells us we first wrestle against principalities. It is Satan who is called the prince of the power of the air, and what you would find in studying scripture, that there are actually ranks for the angels in heaven, and uh, there are also of Satan himself, those angels who have followed him, and the highest of all of those you study scripture this is a subject for another day but the highest of all those are principalities the Bible describes those as being under the control of Satan how is it these principalities work within and resist within the, the Christian life we wrestle against principalities when we pray we wrestle against principalities when we strive to serve God and it is those principalities which uh, that, that, um, that prince and power of the air inserts the things again within our mind that would so tempt us and cause us not to give our attention to Christ. We wrestle against powers, the Bible tells us. Satan, the, the Word of God tells us, has the power behind, be, beyond anything we can ever conceive. No, he's not all-powerful. Revelation chapter 2, the Bible tells us that Satan's throne uh, is on this earth, not in heaven. Satan has lost the victory. But these powers, the throne of Satan is upon this earth. So therefore, anything that comes from this earth can only be assumed to be a work of Satan. You say, wait a second, are you saying everything that I can do on this world is of Satan? Well, the Bible describes the throne of Satan upon this earth. uh, Christian, how do we live in a world of sin? How do we live in a world that Satan is seeking to devour as a roaring lion? Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. Guard yourself. Protect your mind. Because it is these powers, Satan can take even the What's the 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 good things of life in this world and turn them to work evil in the christian's life. Um, there's I don't I I'm not so against television that I you know call it a television like some people may call it, you know. I, there's nothing wrong with television, but there are the appropriate things to watch in your television. I'm not one that's against social media you know I don't get on social media now there there's not a lot of good on there, but there are many good things that can be in social media uh, the, the, you know the, I don't have a problem with um, an individual uh, you know um, even in the, the other things of playing playing sports or um, uh, you know uh, the time that's spent with with friends out and barbecuing and all these things, but you realize. These things, these good things, Satan turns to become against the work of God. How many times does the associat- association of the non-Christian in a barbecue it often comes with drinking? Right? How many times does uh, sports, sports and athletics have a way of taking preeminence over the things of God? How often true it is that social media becomes so filled with gossip and and, and entertainment of the mind and the things of this world, rather than the things of God. How is it that television and Hollywood, in its promotion and what it's pumping out and emphasizing, is so much to to fulfill the lusts and the desires of mankind, rather than the things of this world? Uh, the music, in and of itself, God is intended for. God created music. God intended music to be beautiful to the ears of, uh, of God and even to the ears of mankind. But it is Satan who has taken even the, some of the beautiful things of this world and has corrupted them and in turn has corrupted the minds of man. You say, well, I don't agree with that. Well, let me ask you this. Do you agree that there's a Satan? Do you agree that Satan is real? Uh, do you believe that Satan is and can work? Well, then, if, if, if we can conclude that Satan is real, if we conclude... That the word, when the word of God tells us He's real, that He is. When the word of God tells us His throne is upon this earth, go back, go and read it, Revelation chapter two, verse thirteen. That it is Satan who has been given, as a result of our sin, he's been given the reins of this earth. Now, praise God for the victory. The Bible tells us this world will be no longer. (laughs) That this world will someday be destroyed. All those who know Christ will go out to be with Christ in heaven. Someone says, "Well, how could a God of love?" destroy all all people in that way. I remind you again that it is not God who created sin. It is we who chose to sin against God. Sin became existent as a result of our choice. As it did in the same way with Satan. Satan chose to sin against God. Sin is a choice. Satan cannot make you we wrestle against principalities, against powers, these rulers of darkness uh, I believe the rulers of darkness will go as far even to describe those who carry some role of authority within this world and that which they're producing and that which they are teaching and that which they are, uh, have the authority over is not producing anything other than darkness. In some cases it could be of a political leader, in other cases it could be of a religious leader how often do we see that of uh, uh, the the different um, churches and beliefs of? of claim to be Christianity, the cults that are out there today. These false prophets, as Paul calls them on more than one occasion, they are, they are causing things like Islam and Mormonism, evolution, uh, 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 humanism. Uh, all of these things are these rulers of darkness in this world. They are uh, th- That is Satan working through the minds of leaders and leadership that are leading congregations of people. That are leading groups of people toward that which is not of God. The Bible says we wrestle against spiritual wickedness. Uh, I believe this is is linked to the very idea of of Satan's demons. Uh, It is not to say, by the way, that a Christian, we talked about this in growth group just this week, a a Christian cannot be possessed by, by a demon. Now you may disagree with me with that, We can go back and argue another time. That's all right. I can try to show you with the best of my ability from Scripture how the Word of God tells us a Christian cannot be, but a Christian cannot be possessed by a demon. But it is Satan's demons which are described as being the way in which uh, Satan works. Satan is not omnipresent, he can't be in all places at once. But his, as is described in Scripture, his spirits or his demons. Are, are how he is able to work and influence. Um, and this is a, a very uh, in-depth subject for another day, but the spiritual wickedness, understand that the, the working of Satan in this fashion, the possessing of people uh, is very real. and It is, it is not uh, something that is to be taken lightly. But as a Christian, it is not to be something in which we are fearful of. I say that again, as a Christian, is not to be something which we are fearful of. We're approaching, uh, unfortunately, what has become a, a very popular holiday of Halloween. And people celebrate, and it, within the celebration, there's uh, much discussion and talk and emphasizing of uh, demons and, and spirits and ghosts and all these things, and, 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 and suddenly, now... Satan has used even a holiday to corrupt the minds of people to believe that there's something to be fearful of a cemetery, that there's spirits and things that are roaming around. But as a Christian believer, these things should not should not place us in the point of fear. We've not been given the spirit of fear, the Bible tells us. Amen? We've, that's not the spirit which we've been given. We have nothing to fear. The Bible tells us when we die, our soul goes to one of two places, either heaven or hell. It does not roam this world. And if it did, we'd lose all assurance in our salvation. Why even hold to the word of God? You say, well, I, I believe that, that ghosts are real. Well, come talk with me after service. That would be a great conversation. I'm not here to argue with you. I, I hope to teach you because here is what Satan has done through the very holiday of even Halloween. And it's sad that we call it a holiday, but it is. is he's corrupted the minds of even the Christians to believe that these things are real to so the non-christian the demon possession the, the, the spirit work, working you may not see it as much in the states but it's just as real out on out the mission field you, you, it's just as real for those who are worshipping Satan uh, but as a Christian it's not something to be toyed with it's not something to pick at but it's most especially not something to be fearful of because we've already been given the victory amen the bible tells us There are these principalities, these powers, the darkness of this world, these spiritual wickedness. Again, we could spend so much time in these things. But these are all a working of the wiles, the trickery of Satan. This is how he works. This is the deceptive working of his wiles. He disguises himself and transforms himself to, to appear to be. And in some cases it can be someone. In some cases it can be something on this earth. But it is the way in which he transforms even the things of this world to appear in such a way as though they contain resourceful truth. Something to be believed. Something worthy of accepting into our life. But yet all along, again, it's the work of Satan. The Bible tells us Satan deceives The mind, number two, Satan brings denial to the mind. Satan brings denial to the mind. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians 2 and verse number 1. Ephesians 2 and verse number 1 and 2. The word of God says, "...and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience." If you are a Christian here today, you know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. The Bible describes that even as a spirit which you no longer have, that is the spirit of the prince and power of the air, the things of this world. You have, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. Read the book of 1 Corinthians. Uh, we, again, we talked about this in Sunday school, but our body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. It is the home in which the Holy Spirit dwells you have to be quick and the Bible tells us John chapter 8 and verse number 44 why don't you turn there with me I'm bringing you to a to a point of thinking let us understand first that um, the prince and power the air it, 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 Satan works in the very uh, in litera- literality of the, of the fact the very air which we breathe upon this earth Satan can use against the mind of the Christian and he brings denial it is up as Ephesians excuse me, Ephesians 2 tells us, we are not children of disobedience. We have another spirit. We are to be obeying Christ. In John 8, verse 44, the Bible says, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. You say, well, how does this apply to me? Understand this truth, Christian, is that, uh, yes, we have a different spirit. Yes, the, Satan d- cannot uh, afflict us with a possession uh, of a demon. But as the prince and power of the air, he seeks to bring to our minds the belief in lies. The denial. The Bible says he's a father of lies. He's a father of lies. He is a liar and the father of it. Yes, he's a father, as we have a heavenly father. But he's a different kind of father. You realize the truth is, is when, you give, when you allow Satan to come into your mind, you're following a different father. You're following a different father. Now, it's not to say that the heavenly father is not there, no. that not to say the Holy Spirit does not dwell there, no. But the Bible says, before we came to know Christ, we had a different father. We are a part of this world. In our very nature, we are sinful people. But now that we have a new life in Christ, Ephesians, as we just read a moment ago, we have a new spirit. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Now, we have and are to be transforming into a new life, Romans chapter 12. Here it is Satan who tries to transform us back into the old life. He tries to get us to go back into that which we were doing. The deceptive work of Satan, but yet also this denying work, this denial which he brings to the mind. Where God is truth and our Father, yet Satan is a father of lies. Turn to Genesis chapter 3, if you would. Genesis chapter 3. When we consider sin, this is where it would all have begun. Mankind inherited sin. Genesis chapter 3. In verse number 1, we find as it was referenced to earlier in the book of Second Corinthians 11, the serpent who beguiled Eve. The Bible says in verse 1 of, of Genesis 3, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of the, of the tree of every garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, She took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. I want to bring your attention to verse number one at the end of the verse when the Bible says, Satan speaking, yea, hath God said. In verse number four, the end of the verse, the Bible says, ye shall not surely die. In verse number five, the Bible says, ye shall be as gods. And all of these ye's and these ye's, they're all lies. But understand they all contain just enough truth that it convinced Eve to deny the commands of God, the truth found in God, and the the complete peace and sufficiency that is found in Christ. The Bible says in verse 6, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and we find the lust of flesh, it's something that's going to be satisfying to my life. And that it was pleasant, the lust of the eyes. That which she looked upon, it, it's appealing. I, I, I want it for my life. To the eyes and, a, and, free, uh, and free to be desired to make one wise, here's the pride of life. What can I become? And that's what Satan used against her. Here's what you'll become. You'll become like God. <laughs> Uh, did, did God really actually say that? Uh, did, can, did, 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 are you really actually going to die? Truth is, did, 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 uh, did, did God say that there would be punishment for sin? Yes. Did God say that death would be the end result? Yes. Was it true that Eve died the moment she ate of that fruit? No. Because the truth is, is that Satan took just enough truth to convince her she didn't die right away but death did become her end you see how satan works it is satan all the time in the midst of the holy spirit who works through our conscience it's satan all the time who's pounding against our mind that when we don't give attention to the holy Spirit's leading in our life that he inserts these thoughts did god really command you to do that i mean really you, you've got really bad knees. Do you really need to do that? I mean, really, you're terrible at speaking to people. I mean, really, you can't give the gospel. You, you don't even know how to... You, how, how can you really do that? Where do these thoughts come from? It's the lies which Satan is inserting. And they come in the form of temptation. Satan is not making you do them. He's inserting them there. and He's causing you to think upon something other than what God intended an individual who struggles with lust and pornography is, is uh, the working of Satan to take the right billboards, to take the right pictures, to take the right pop-ups to come right up across their mind so that they would be tempted to fall right back into the same thing an individual who's, an ad- who's addicted to uh, um, uh, nicotine and, and can't stop smoking is the individual who when smelling through their nose gate is brought back to their mind of that addiction which they once had An alcoholic, just the same. And so on, and so on, and so on. Satan knows exactly what to insert into our minds to cause us to deny, and to deny, and to deny the truth. You see, truth be told, we have the truth. The Bible says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We have all that we need. When we find our sufficiency in all that God has given, that that should be enough. But Christian, it's when we let our guard down that Satan inserts these lies and causes and strives to up, to bring us uh, that we would be caused to do the wrong again. He cannot make us, but he can tempt us. The denial. I wonder if you might ask yourself, as we've looked already thus far, the deception of Satan. Is there something in your life that Satan has transformed? that is keeping maybe it's he himself or something on this earth that is transformed into be something of light or that is good but in truth in reality it's bringing you further from Christ when we speak of denial are there some thoughts things of your mind that have caused you to deny the very truth of what the word of god says the bible continues and tells us that satan destroys the mind he destroys the mind He deceives the mind. He brings denial to the mind. And his ultimate goal is destruction. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. We'll look together in verse number 6. 1 Peter 5 and verse 6. The Bible begins in verse 6 by saying this, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. And boy, how we love to quote that verse. Oh, all i got to do is cast all my burdens upon Jesus, because he cares for me. Oh yes, and I must not forget, verse 6, the Bible tells me I need to humble myself before I do that. But you understand, Peter's getting ready to give a warning. He says, hold on, red lights. Yes, you can cast all your care upon Jesus, Yes, he does care for you. Keep yourself humble. But understand this. Be sober, verse 8. Be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion. Walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Keep yourself humble, because here are the lusts of this world. It comes in the form of the pride of life. That you would not be humble. The Bible tells us, casting all your care upon him... That, that our cares would be not cast upon Christ, but that we would rather have a spirit of fear rather than hold on to that which is truth. That we would not cast the cares. Here we see a lust of the eyes, while well, I'm finding more peace in anything, in everyone else than in God himself. You see, the lion's intent is not that to find the right time to pounce, because he's always pouncing. The lion's intent is to sift us as wheat. It's to destroy us. It's to tear us apart. To take everything good and Christ-like, every bit of light out of our life, and corrupt it all. Because see, when Satan gets a hold of your mind, as the link between the mind and the heart, out of the heart of the issues of life, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. The mouth cannot speak without the heart being one place and the mind being another place. And the mouth is not just of our physical mouth, but of our very way of living. Understand today that when Satan gets a hold of your mind, it's just a matter of time before he gets a hold of your heart, and he tears everything else up. No, God cannot take away your Christianity, that is to say, your salvation. He'll forever be a Christian, but he can destroy. It's sad to say that we have known and we know individuals whom Satan has devoured. They have so given themselves over to a reprobate mind, Romans chapter 1. They have so given themselves over to a refusal and a denial of that which is truth, that they can't any longer be brought back to God. They've so corrupted their mind. Now, it's not to say that they're not Christians, but they corrupted their mind to such an extent that they cannot receive God. Read Romans chapter 1. All that being said, we also know individuals who have committed sin. They've fallen into darkness. They've been devoured. You may be here today even. You may know somebody today. They've been devoured. Can I remind you of the love of God? The forgiveness of God? The care of God? Can I remind you of the principle that is found in the book of 1 Peter? that when an individual humbles themselves, they acknowledge their sin before Christ, they realize I'm nothing. And they cast all the burdens, the burdens don't just include the needs, they also include the sins. The sins which I'm carrying, the transgressions, please forgive me of my sins. And they become sober, they get serious about the Christian life. And so serious that now they're vigilant, and they're guarding themselves. That God can forgive and still use and they can, they can live a victorious Christian life. Amen? Aren't you thankful for the forgiveness of God? That Christ would forgive in his love and his mercy and grace. We so undeserving. But Christian, I remind you today that, that a person, a man or a woman is capable, capable of doing absolutely anything sinful when their heart and their mind is not given to God. I say that again. You are capable of doing anything. I am capable of doing anything when my heart and my mind is not given to God. When I take off the helmet of salvation now I do not put on the whole armor of God I am now vulnerable to the trickery the wiles of the devil. The Bible describes in the book of Ephesians the shield of faith which is to be had to defend against the fiery darts. That they would pierce us. a person in battle or the two places they aim for with those arrows, the head or the heart. Instant kill. Got him. That's his goal. Hey, that's what he's constantly aiming for. A man or a woman is capable of doing anything when their heart is not given, given to God, and that is why Christian we must do, as First Peter five tells us, "Humble yourself therefore. Under the mighty hand of God. It is mighty because it's more mighty than Satan. Amen. That he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober. Be vigilant. We need more sober and vigilant Christians. Amen. Remember, Paul in 1 Corinthians, in Romans, in Ephesians, Peter himself, they are all speaking to Christians when they refer to a reprobate mind, when they refer to humbling yourself, when they refer to putting on the whole armor of God, when they refer to the beguiling and the the, the deception of Satan. Because it happens to the Christian. I have good Christian friends of mine that have given themselves over to sin. They've given themselves over to the darkness. You know what Satan is doing? He's devouring them. In some cases, the devouring has torn apart their family, torn apart their friends, torn apart every relationship which they've ever had, torn apart their job, torn apart their reputation. That's Satan's goal. To draw your soul and your life as far possibly away from Christ as possible. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, you know what Satan's desire is to, to draw you as far as possibly away from receiving God as possible. Oh, he doesn't want you to come to Christ. He doesn't want you to humble yourself. He all the time is trying to help, trying to cause you to think of how Capable of a person you are, that you would not humble yourself. How unnecessary of the things of God they are, that you would not humble yourself. How that you don't need to cast your burdens upon Christ, but you, you just live life to its fullest. And, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, the, all the things of karma are truthfully. Uh, this, these are the things that, that Satan causes us to believe. That, that things just happen by chance. Not everything good happens in life, but I've got to keep forward. I've to, you know, uh, keep, what is this, something, uh, stand and carry a big stick or something. You know, all these slogans we got, uh, you know, keeping going forward. But yet, good enough for us should be trusting the Lord with all thine heart, lean on to thine understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, casting all your burdens upon Him. Be vigilant, be sober, guard your mind. Because that's what Satan's after. And Christians, let us understand today that Satan would love to get into the minds of every single one of us today in, in God's church. To corrupt our minds. To corrupt our thinking from dwelling upon the light and the truth of Christ. And dwelling upon the things of this earth. Sometimes our mind can dwell in an overwhelming sense upon uh, the actions of an individual. Sometimes our minds can dwell in an overwhelming sense upon our own actions. Sometimes our minds can dwell in an overwhelming sense upon uh, um, uh, the, just the, the things of life. My job, my, my uh, reputation, uh, the, that which I'm seeking to become. Guard your mind. Because what our minds should be dwelling upon are the things of God. Satan will destroy. That's his goal. You understand these arrows, I come back to them again, these darts, the Bible describes them as. They come suddenly. They come from above. They come ex- unexpectedly. As an ambush we would find in, the, in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a battle... Uh, 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 between two armies it, it, it's it's, an unex, it's unexpected they pierce they penetrate they absolutely torment the soul right now even right now Satan's trying to cause our minds to be off on something else isn't it amazing isn't it amazing how how Satan does that amen we know this to be true Satan uses distractions. They come unexpectedly. I can't tell you just in the church. In Christian life, it's not just based in the church. But how many times the walking through these doors, it becomes a distraction. You know what Satan's done? He's drawn all of our minds off of the very attention of God's word. I can tell you how many times uh, how that, um, it's, maybe it's something, uh, I, I, I mistyped something or I, on, on the on the the screen, or maybe it's in the bulletin, and our minds can be on something entirely different. I can't tell you on Sunday mornings, even myself, in preparation for the Word of God, how my mind can be on so many other things. And you know what that is? It's Satan tempting me to discourage me, to distract me, to frustrate me. And sometimes, they're not always bad things. You know, many little things can make much destruction, and much destruction of the mind. Uh, that's why an individual says, well, uh, well, what do you think about? Thinking about everything. Well, what are you frustrated about? Everything. Because <laughs> I can't stop thinking about everything. It's bothering me. They come unexpectedly, those many little things. Satan wants to devour you. He wants to destroy you. God says, humble yourself. Beware of the lusts of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Because as soon as you start giving in to those lusts, you'll start denying Christ. And now you've given in to the very deception of Satan, who's transformed himself into be an angel of light, as that to be all of what you've heard is truth, or all of what you believe is truth is truth, when it is not. You, wanna, you know Satan's most, uh, uh, I don't know if I should use the word effective, but the darts which can penetrate and destruct the most are things such as unbelief. You know what keeps the individual from turning their life to Christ and becoming a Christian today? You know why you may be here today and you refuse to turn your life over to Christ? and Why you refuse to become a Christian today? It's because Satan has pierced you with a dart to cause you not to believe. Satan's darts come in the form of that sudden temptation to do wrong. You realize you can get up in the morning and have no intent to do anything wrong that day. Next thing you know, you, you, you've just done something you shouldn't have done. You got into an argument with your spouse and you said something you shouldn't have said. You got into uh, a, um, a heat with your boss at work and, it, and um, some feelings were expressed, which uh, are not truthfully how you feel, but what has happened. You've let Satan get into your mind and it's distorted. It's distorted everything that you're putting out. Now you're no longer becoming a light of Christ. You've fallen back into the darkness. Things of pride, fear, envy, jealousy, doubt, discouragement, impurity, hate, bitterness, covetousness. Satan uses movies, books, friends. He uses teachers, professors, preachers, false prophets as is described. Be sober. Be vigilant. Sometimes, as Christians, it's not that we're dumb; we're just ignorant. We we just we did, we've not prepared ourselves. We can so blatantly give ourselves in to the works of Satan without even being aware of them or guarding ourselves to be prepared of them. What are some What are some uh, alarms that should go off in your mind when you before you watch a movie? Well. You know, there is a reason, although ratings don't determine the entire movie, but there is a reason why there's a rating on there. Helped you get some figure, an idea, as to what kind of movie you're, you're, you're going to watch. You know, uh, usually you can get a pretty good context of what kind of music you're going to be hearing from a certain band uh, or, or music group by the very way that they look on their album. <laughs> Those don't ring some alarms in your mind. They should. Uh, we could say the same of the church. Uh, a church is pretty clearly understood if it's more about entertainment than it is about emphasis upon the word of God. And I say all that to say this, because here Satan takes things that can be good, that can be enjoyable, that can be beneficial, that can be profitable, that can be relaxing, but he can use them to draw us further and further away from Christ. It's my desire as your pastor that Satan would not Satan would not corrupt our minds. Amen? Mm-hmm. That we would guard our minds. That we would protect our minds, keep them pure. That we would do as Second as uh, Corinthians 11 and verse 2 tells us, that we would prepare ourselves as a bride does for her marriage. She, that she would keep herself uh, not given to any, anyone else. Christian, does that describe you? Is there some business maybe you need to do with God today? Could I encourage you? Could I challenge you today? If God has spoken to your heart, we have a time of invitation in just a moment. Would you come and do business with God? Maybe you need to get down on your knees and ask the Lord for confession of some sins which have been brought to your mind by the power of the Holy Spirit today. Conviction of the Holy Spirit is causing you to realize that there's some things I need to get right. Maybe you would come alone. Maybe you need to bring your spouse. Maybe they need to come with you. You need to pray and talk together. That's what this time of invitation is for. Maybe you're here today and you have, you have allowed the dart of unbelief to pierce your mind. And you have so refused to receive Christ. Could I invite you today, as we call it an invitation, would you come? Would you come and receive Christ? There is no greater life that could ever be lived on this earth than a life that is given to Christ. Amen? Would you give your life to Christ today? Let's have every head bowed and every eye closed.